you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to We Are Survivors, a podcast about The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Bobby Schisler, also known as Blazin' Bob. Hey, hey. In this episode, we are going to be covering Part 1, or ha- a good portion of Seattle Day 1. We're actually going to split this into two parts because Seattle Day 1 was so big. Uh, Huge. But we're going to cover, yeah, yeah. We're going to cover the Seattle QZ Gate, downtown, the Saravina Hotel, Eastbrook Elementary, and Capitol Hill. All right. So, in our last episode, we talked about, you know, life in Jackson. I got to, I should say, we got to see about life in Jackson. We met uh, Jesse and Dina. We also met Abby and her group. And then we also saw Joel die horribly. And this is, I mean, that's really the catalyst for, you know, the rest of the game, <laughs> pretty much like, you know, Ellie going forward and uh, trying to get revenge for Joel. Yeah, freaking it, it. I'm still I'm still mad right now. Like, I'm still mad. And this next part we get to takes a little while to get through and I don't get to get anybody. So. That part was a little well, rough. <laughs> right, yeah. And the thing is, like, you're really left with just a lot of questions. Like, who is Abby? Uh, you know, what are her, is a group? What did Joel do to them? Why were they specifically looking for Joel, uh, you know, to kill him? Uh, and also, why did Ellie live and why did Tommy live? They could have killed them and they didn't. So is there a specific reason why they're alive uh, versus not? I mean, yeah, so... That those are the questions that you're left with, and it does take a while to get to some answers. Yeah, you don't get answers for a little bit, and it it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because if it was random hench henchman number fifty five, you know that you killed, and that was somebody's brother, then like, I mean, they would have killed everybody. Like they wouldn't have left anybody. But it seems like there was a lot of. Uh, internal struggle within the group as to what to do with Ellie and Tommy. Right. Uh, so yeah, like I said, we left off, I think in the last episode, right where Joel dies. And, you know, after that, Dina and Jesse find Ellie and Tommy. And then pretty much right after that, in terms of the game, uh, Ellie, you know, we go back to Ellie where she lives and she gets visited by Tommy. Hey. Could I sit down, please? Yeah. Marie wants to make sure you're eating. She can't stop us. To have the guys that we would need to do this smart, we'd be leaving Jackson vulnerable. So they just get to get away with this? Nobody wants that. Yeah, but that's what's happening. What if we get hit by hunters again? Is this you talking or is this her? It's a valid point. If it were you or me, Joel would be halfway to Seattle already. No, he wouldn't. He absolutely fucking would be. Well, we don't even know for certain that they're from Seattle. Washington Liberation Front. That's what you said was on those patches. What if they stole those jackets? That's... What's the <sighs> WLF move? What are you doing? I'm leaving tomorrow. And if you want to come with me, great. You have no idea what you're walking into. You don't know how large that group is, how armed. I don't care. You can't talk me out of this. Give me a day to talk to Maria, okay? There's gotta be some folks you can spare. And if she won't budge? Well, I'll figure something out. One day. Please. Fine. 
All right, so Ellie obviously wants to go after these guys, but Tommy's trying to convince her to not go right now because he's saying, you know, if we want to do this a smart way, we need a lot of people and we can't take a bunch of people away from Jackson because we have to defend Jackson. That's that's the home. That's their primary uh, objective. So Ellie, you know, she's accusing Tommy of letting him get away. And I believe, you know, she also brought up that, you know, Tommy would, uh, not Tommy, sorry, Joel would be halfway to Seattle right now, which is true. I think so. Like if, if, if that was Tommy or if that was Ellie, Joel would have, would have already came back home, packed up and left. Yeah. Joel's, uh, <laughs> Joel's know? not the, uh, not the cool, calm wait, you know, for the right time type of dude. He's the action now guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now if you were paying attention in the cutscene. During Joel's death, you would have saw somebody with a patch on that said WLF, and that stands for Washington Liberation Front. And we're talking about Washington State here. So, you know, and I think um, we talked about it last time where, you know, when Ellie and and Owen were walking through the woods, they mentioned coming south. So, you know, they were from farther north. Uh, so, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So. Ellie tells Joel that she, not Joel, sorry, Ellie tells Tommy that she is going to go to Seattle and she is leaving tomorrow. Tommy's, you know, he, Tommy's bringing up good points. Like, you don't know what you're walking into. You don't know how large they are, how armed they are. And he asked for one day. He says, just give me one day and I'll talk to Maria and see if she can spare anybody. So, you know, Ellie agrees to give him one day, but even that, even that being the case, I don't think she was going to really hold on to that. I don't really think she was going to do that because, you know, the next scene you're at Joel's grave and Dina's there and you start walking toward Joel's house and Dina's talking to Ellie and she's saying that Tommy took a horse and that Maria has locked the rest of the horses down. So I think what they were going to do was just, you know, when morning hit, they were just going to grab horses and go. So now they're trying to find another way to get to Seattle but they need to stop at Joel's house first. And, you know, before, you know, they get to Joel's house, uh, which I still don't know how, I don't, I still don't know where Ellie lives in relation to Joel because Joel lives in a house, right? Ellie lives in what looks to be like a garage that was refitted to be a living space. Yeah. Right. Either a garage or a really big shed or something like that. <laughs> but I would say, it's, it, I would say it, it's a garage. You think um, it's the garage attached to Joel's house? It's not attached to anything, though. That's the thing. Oh. Like, I mean, like I mean, like a separate garage. Uh, I, I don't think they live in some places that has like a guest house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think they live someplace that has that. So I don't know. Like, does she live behind Joel's house or something like that? Because I would imagine when they came to Jackson, they keep them together. Yeah, they kept you know? them close. I would. Um, I would imagine too. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't but, even think about that. But either way, they're going to Joel's house, and before she opens the door, like, her hand's shaking. Like, she's still really shaken up at, at, about, you know, what happened. And uh, I, I liked going through Joel's house because you got to know more about Joel. Like, the Joel that we know is gruff. He's an asshole. He kills everybody. He tortures people. That's the Joel we know. But you go into Joel's house, and he's been living kind of normal for a while, and he has, like, normal people shitting there. Like, he, he likes woodworking, apparently. And he so loves he makes, movies. like, wooden. Yeah, he loves movies. He's like, he, like if you go around, you find um, like little wood statues. He makes guitars. You know, that's why I think like you know he made Ellie's guitar. Like I don't think he found it. I think he made it. See, um, and it could have been because when he was bringing it back, they could have went to somewhere that had tools to make it, or maybe he had to get the strings or something. something. You know what I mean? But right, yeah, I, correct. I, I would have say. I've still never thought Joel was an asshole, so I just I disagree. You never with thought Joel was an asshole. I think he's assertive. That's, and I think that's different than asshole. <laughs> no, Joel's an asshole because he does things that only positive, like he only positively affect himself. You know what I'm saying? Or the like, people he cares about. To a degree, like we can, I think we can go back and forth for a while to start to turn, talking about him saving Ellie. I believe him saving Ellie was more for him and more about his feelings. But you know, at, at the same time, that that's why I call Joel like an asshole because he's very, he's a, just a very selfish person. 
generally speaking, which is one of the things that makes his death frustrating. His death is frustrating because it's out of character what he did. See, it is. Like, I've heard a lot if, of people say that. It, it, it is. Like, think about it. Like, if he was trying to survive that horde in the first, like, you know, in the first episode where we talked about, leave Abby out there and let the horde take Abby because the horde would have focused on Abby and it would have actually probably given them a way to escape. But no, he saved Abby instead. I, I That's just out of think, character. Yeah, I just think, you know. I just think like, you know, him getting older, everything that happened with Ellie that you see later on in flash in flashbacks, I think he's just kinda I think he's changed. I know you say people don't change that much, but I think people do. And like just looking at my dad as opposed to ten years ago, like, dude used to be a hard ass. Now he's a complete pussycat. Like I mean yeah. I mean, I think 10 years of change is one thing, but the fact is still like one, this has only been four years since what happened in the previous game. And two, the four years, I'll say it again, third time, the four years that have passed did not erase the previous 20, the previous 20 experience with dealing with people outside of your group and things like that. That's what I'm talking about. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one because I think he had change, and I think he was just a little broken uh, after certain things. But we'll have to talk about that later because we can't really bring right. that up yet. Yeah, so, um, yeah, basically, Ellie went to his house, I think, to grab his revolver pretty much. But she also finds his broken watch from the first game, you know, the one where, you know, he was holding Sarah. And if you walk around, you uh, you still see like uh, he has a pic that picture that Ellie stole for him of him and Sarah. He still has that up. Mm. He, uh, you know, she went into his closet and like smelled his jackets. I actually think she ends up taking one of his jackets later, but I'll get back to that. Um, but you know, once you get that, you know, Dina, she calls you downstairs because Maria is downstairs. Maria, I'm headed to Seattle. I wish I could let it go, but I can't. I have to bring these people to justice. Ellie's gonna try to come after me, but stop her. Take her guns, lock up the horses, maybe lock her up. Buy me some time so I can end this. Love you always, Tommy. He's gonna get himself killed. He should have taken me with him. You should have given us a group to go after those fuckers. I wish I could. You gotta try to lock me up? I'd prefer that you stay. That's not gonna fucking happen. I'd prefer that you stay, but I know you better. You going with her? Yeah. So you're just gonna sneak out of here? Hmm? Yeah. On foot? Yeah. I told the stable to let you out with your horse. Grab some ammo, too. Thank you, Maria. Just, uh, do me a favor and bring my dumbass husband home in one piece, please. Of course. All right, then. Get going. You're, you're losing light. So, you know, Maria's, she's, she just starts ta- reading this letter that Tommy left her. And Tommy's saying that, you know, he's sorry, but he has to go to Seattle to bring these people to justice. And he wanted Maria to keep Ellie away. He actually wanted her to lock her up, you know. But Maria realizes that Ellie won't stay, you know. Yeah. And she ends up giving them horses and ammo. And she just wants them to bring Tommy back in one piece. You know. And one thing I do appreciate about this game, and actually, I shouldn't. This is definitely not the first game this has happened. Uh, is how they seamlessly transition between player control and cutscene in many areas. Oh, I love that. Like yeah. in many put. Now, I'll I'll be honest with you. If you love that in this game, wait till you play God of War. Because that's the first game I really saw it done extremely well. Well, like so. what's what's funny is I'll keep controlling it, not even realizing for a while that I'm out of control. Like. That's how like focused I am in on the game at lots of points. Right. 
Well, I, in God of War, it's done so well that at some points, like you, like you know, in this game, it's generally happening while you're walking or talking to somebody. In God of War, it's or happening through during a door. boss boss fights. Like it's happening like in the middle of a boss fight. Like you'll like it'll go from fight to cutscene, fight to cutscene. It's really cool. Once again, I'll talk about God of War any chance I get because it's one of the best games ever made. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is basically where the real game starts in my opinion. Like all of this is kind of prologue for the rest of the game, or at least the next large chunk of the game, I should say. And then we go from here to Seattle and this, this opening that they have for Seattle, which is you riding through a four, uh, horse riding on a horse through a forest is they're really just showing the game off at this point because it looks great like yeah it looked gorgeous uh, and i'm not even playing on a pro and it looked amazing and yeah on the i didn't pro, have stuttering or anything i mean like it was yeah. it was really really smooth yeah like basically it's just like the seattle forest you got like the sunbeams coming through because you're you know the trees have they're all like you know lush uh, you got a lot of uh, foliage on the ground and stuff like that, which I, I thought was just cool at first. Turns out that's a gameplay mechanic because you can actually uh, crouch in tall grass or prone in short grass. You can, you can also prone in tall grass and be hidden with them even closer. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. It's like they can get almost on top of you if you're prone in tall, gla- in tall grass. Yeah. So. I mean, the game uses moments like this to give you, I would say, backstory on the world and the characters, you know, because it starts off with they're riding on the horse. But Ellie is talking about the first time she killed somebody, which is in the first Last of Us in that hotel in Pittsburgh Mm. is what she's talking about. And then Dana is telling her stories, too, like the first time she had to kill somebody who wasn't infected. And, you know, Dana's trying to figure out, well, who killed Joel? Is it David's group? Because she brings them up and. You know, Ellie says doesn't make any sense. Uh, and they, they also talk about Robert's group, too. They talk about the black market um, smugglers in Boston. And, you know, because he killed Robert. That's yeah. the first person that uh, well, actually he doesn't even do it. Tess killed, yeah, that Tess killed him. But, you know, she's, you know, she's saying that, like, look, Joel crossed a lot of people. There's no point in guessing. So you eventually find a road that leads you to the QZ gate. And uh, you got to find a way into the gate. So. Um, I think you have to you have to go up and over the top of the of the wall, which was a little scary for Ellie. But outside the gate, you you do find a hint as to something that's going to be coming a little later in the game. Though you find a document that talks about the stages of infection, and it has four stages of infection. But in the game, both with the, like in the first Last of Us and this game, you've only seen three. Right, yeah. you've seen stage one, which is runner. You've seen stage three, which is clicker, and we've seen stage four, which is bloater. It talks about a stage two, which is different. You know, a stage two, it's like the in-between. Oh, obviously, it's the in-between between between a runner and a clicker uh, because they have some of the, the core steps coming out of their head. Mm-hmm. But what these guys do is they use their environment to hide and ambush victims. Oh, and I creepy. was thinking, I was like... I was like, have we seen that before? Like, cause I mean, obviously we've had moments where a runner or something will jump out at you, you know, kind of as like a scare factor, but not as a main gameplay mechanic. No. So they give you a preview as to a new enemy type that you're going to see. And they're, they're creepy. Cause like they'll, they like stalk you. They like hide behind a wall and they keep looking out at you. And you're like, come on. Yeah. Come at me, bro. And they just keep watching you, and it's it's really creepy, especially if it's really yeah. dark. Like, you're just, uh, uh. yeah. Well, I'm gonna I, we're gonna we're definitely gonna hop into them a bit later. I will say, like, they can stalk you, but you can stalk them too, which is uh, how that's that's how I typically uh, got them because I, I I mean you played on the same difficulty, which is the second to hardest, and I I just didn't have that much ammo. Like, okay, so I I would usually be stocked up on ammo, but I always saved it for big moments because. If I had to go into a gunfight, by the time I was in that, done with that gunfight, I was usually out of ammo. Same. Right? Or very low on ammo. So it was like, 
I could do one gunfight, but I couldn't do another one right next to it. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. I, I needed time to to reload or time to, to restock. For me, I just ended up using ammo when I had to. I was able to do most things stealthy, but I'd yeah. always mess up like like two thirds of the way through the mobs in the rooms. Like I would mess up, and then the rest of it would be like be like either dying or oh crap. Uh, like oh crap, shooting and like getting a good you know headshot at the last clicker coming at me like you know right. But I died a lot, especially early on. Mm. Later on, yeah, I I, don't... I hardly died at all. But early on, without all the tools, I died a lot. I didn't <sighs> really start dying until day two, but I'll get we'll get into that. Um, so yeah, you, you get over to the gate. You need to open it for Dina. So. You know, they introduce you to a new mechanic, which is throwing stuff through windows, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is it sounds funny, but uh, it's actually it feels a little counterintuitive to the gameplay because obviously you want to stay quiet. Like the whole the whole area is quiet. And I would expect that anytime you break a window or something like that, somebody here, anytime I had to break a window, I was always like, what's going to happen? Yeah. I always <laughs> looked. Ar- I always looked around <laughs> to see if there was another way in Same. every time, even later in the game. Same, I always yeah. looked around because. At some point, somebody's going to hear a noise. Well, and you, but, can, uh, you, got- you can just melee through any window, too. But then you're right there if it does draw any infected or people. You know what I mean? Like, you're right next to it. So throwing the brick, you could do that from stealth. And one of like yeah. the tool tips was if you throw anything from stealth, it won't give away your position, but it'll put the enemies on alert wherever the thing landed right exactly so you you find in, inside the first uh i guess you could call it a trailer you find uh, a document and in the first game documents were really important like they were just there to tell story essentially like you know give you a, bit, a little bit extra information in this game they are extremely important if yeah. you don't pick up the right documents you can completely miss stuff. So one of the documents you pick up has gate codes on it. You're going to end up using it. You flip it over. It ha- it tells you where fuel is. Now, obviously, you were supposed to find this one. like Because I, I, you literally just can't progress uh, through a good part of the game unless you find this document. So if you're rushing through the game and you're not picking things up, uh, like reading documents and stuff, like you would just be stuck without this. But you also, I mean, we I think we have to use a rope. Didn't we have to use the rope physics before this part? Like they showed you how to use the rope physics. Yes, because you had to use it to get out of the supermarket in Jackson or right outside of Jackson. Okay, yeah. The first time you had to throw the rope over something. Yeah, but like that one was kind of clear. Like it was it was clear where you had to throw the rope over. And this one, like, you know, you kind of can kind of see the lengths the rope physics can go through because you have this generator that you actually have to use twice the first time you just pull the rope and you plug it in the wall close to you but the second time you actually have to throw the rope over the fence and then take it to the other trailer to plug it in so you're going to see a lot of rope physics puzzles in the game and then you know some you of get them are DNA a little in. tricky too yes well that's why they're puzzles you know uh so yeah but you get dina in and you actually find another document. Actually, I can't remember if it was the first document or the second document. But I believe like what happens is that you find a document and it says it's, it says basically what the WLF are doing, right? They're trying to pull all their resources back somewhere. And they, are, they need to pull resources to the Saravina base. So that's, that's your clue. Like, okay, we got to get to the Saravina base. You don't got to go that far because you... As soon as they start riding, I think like two minutes, not even two minutes, like 60 seconds into riding that horse, you see something that says Saravina Hotel. Big clue, you know, uh, but you can't get to it because the gate's closed and it doesn't have power. So you need to, uh, and the generator that's there doesn't have fuel. So you need to find fuel. Well, guess what was on that document you found in the, like at the gate? It tells you the lo- two locations where you can find fuel, right? And then, um, and then how did Ellie describe that? Uh, that gate in her journal. It was like, oh, uh, it was the fuck, fuck Fedra gate. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's fuck it. Fedra gate. <laughs> so this, like, you know, going to find the fuel 
leads to a very different area than we've ever seen in The Last of Us. It's kind of like, it's almost like a little open world area. Because you know there's two different locations you have to go to, but you can go to either location at any time. Not to mention, there's a bunch of other locations in this open area that you can go to. So you need to go to what was called the dome building, and you need to go to the uh, courthouse. Now, my question is, what happens if you go to the courthouse first? Because the courthouse has fuel, but no container. The dome building has a container and no fuel. Because So the way the game works, the game points you toward the dome building first. Yeah. It doesn't force you to go into the dome building, the dome building, but it points you to the dome building first. So the natural, the natural thing is to actually go into the dome building. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what that, I don't like, I don't know what would happen because I mean, I just kept putting off. Like I went to the dome building first, but then you know you find a note that says there's something over here at this other building. So I literally just waited until the like i put off going Damn, to the court yeah. the courthouse until i could just go to everywhere i possibly could so i have no yeah, clue so what I, happens there yeah you know, like i said the area is open and i think like this area you i mean it's just a lot of world building for the most part like so you find out a lot about her sister dina and her sister where she talks about her and her sister and how they moved around a lot they only stayed in a place for a few weeks and they always had a backpack and ready to go. And it wasn't like she just drops all this on you at one time. In different places, she says different things about her sister. So you yeah. get a lot of different dialogue and things like that. But you also find out a lot about what happened between the WLF and Fedra and how the WLF got the upper hand and won the people. And, you know, even to the point that Fedra officers had to like hide from the WLF after some point. So. Like I said, there's, there's, just, there's just a lot going on in this area. Um, there's a lot you can miss. Because a like ton. I said, you can go to yeah, you can go to multiple buildings, but you don't know where they are. You don't know where the entrances are and stuff like that. So as you're exploring, you have to find documents or items. Uh, like, you know, you can find a document that'll tell you, like Bob said, where something is. You know, like a WLF secret base. Or you can find an item. Like, I think in one of the places you found a key, and the key has an address on it. And so if you go to that address, there is another place there. Or like in one place, there's like a map or not even a map. But there's like a diagram of a Fedra convoy and where they're going to attack it. And if you look at it, it tells you another area of interest that you can go to. You know, there's also documents that tell you uh, that tell you the combination of safes that are nearby, which have a lot of. Uh, which have a lot of resources in. I'm pretty sure I got every save for the entire game. Yeah. And they get harder. You don't want to miss this stuff. You don't, they do make it harder. Uh, you don't want to miss this stuff either. Cause there's like a lot of supplies There's weapons, you know, like when you find the bank, yeah. there's a shotgun in there. Well, and they almost you know? try and talk you out of going into the bank. Like you get in there and there's, you know, it's early on. You don't have a lot of weapons and like, there's a bunch of infected in there, and Dina even says, "Like we don't have to do this. We could just go back." And if you don't, yeah. if you don't do that, you don't get the shotgun. I mean, you you could get the shotgun later, but you don't get it early on. Right, that's true. Like some of the items, like you find, like you can find them later on. Like sometimes you'll see like a shotgun laying on a table or a specific gun laying on a table, and if you already have it, you'll just take the ammo. But I'm sure if you don't have it, if you didn't have it, you can pick it up at that point. So they do give you multiple chances to use it to get it but at the same time like it's just better to have that stuff early like one of the buildings it was a WLF, wlf hideout where they were it looks like they were making uh propaganda well there's a gun holster in there and actually me and bob's experience were different it's because weird. you picked up the long gun holster in there yeah. but when i played it was the short gun holster and i don't even know if that's where i picked it up i might have picked i might have missed the sh the short one and just got the long one somewhere else. I don't remember exactly where I picked it up, but we know for a fact, Jaw had the the small gun holster at that point. Yeah. Like after completing that whole area, 
And I had the long gun holster. And we're like, what the hell? I hope we can find the others later. Like, we were yeah, freaked out you about can. it. You can. It's just like, yeah, it was just weird. Like, wow, like, we didn't get the same things. And it'd be um, interesting if the game just randomly gave whoever one of them. You know what I mean? That's that true, could yeah. be the thing. Or maybe I used long guns more than you, like you, and maybe it gave me that one first because of that. I don't. I have no clue. Maybe because that is true. Like at that point, I really hadn't been using the long guns. Uh, but I mean, there's some other stuff that happens. Like I said, there's a lot, of, a lot of dialogue, a lot of story. Like you find out the WLF's leader's name is Isaac and how he came into power uh the bank itself you found out that somebody was trying to rob the bank as the outbreak was happening yeah which, and which made got, sense yeah made sense yeah because like <laughs> their logic was like look the police are going to be too busy you know dealing with this outbreak so we can rob the bank and then basically the bank gets uh raided by infected while it's happened while the robbery is happening. And that's, yep. that's how you get the shotgun. Cause the guy with the shotgun kills himself. Cause he got bit. He got, he got bit during the, uh, during the raid. Uh, you also find a music store with a guitar and Ellie plays a song for Dina. She plays take on me <laughs> for Dina. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, you find out this- Dina's Jewish. She talks all about, you know, the Jewish religion and explains some different things about the, you know, the temples and stuff like that, which was interesting. Um, you do yeah, get that a was lot actually, of story with them. And Ellie tells a lot of stories about Joel, too. Yeah. And what Dina was, when Dina was talking, that was uh, about her being Jewish. That was in the fuel distribution center, which turned out to be a synagogue. Once they got inside of it, uh, they could see that it, it was uh, a synagogue. But this is actually the place where you learn how to use the prone and the tall grass and stuff like that, because you go into the back of the fuel distribution center and there's a bunch of infected back there, which I mean, obviously we're, we're expecting stuff as the game, but in terms of the game world, that would usually denote that there's nobody clearing it out, right? That this area is, has not like, it doesn't really have a lot of traffic because you know, when you're grouping, your group is securing an area, they clear out all the infected. They go on patrols to clear out infected, but and this it- area had infected in it. And I don't think we like pointed out enough that this whole big area is a huge, like, I don't know what nine or 12 building area. That's like just an open world. Like we've never seen yeah. that in a, in a last of us. In game last before. of us. Yeah. So it was interesting and neat. Like, so I was trying to do everything, but I bet you could just do the main things and just leave. You could, you could. I was actually like, oh man, this is awesome. Hopefully they have more of these. Like I thought maybe each day would have an area like this, but unfortunately this is the only area that's like this in the game. And I it's a bummer. I just think they've it's a bummer, yeah. Like this is this would have been a great way, you know. Yeah, missed for, opportunity. For the, you know, absolutely. So yeah, like I said, once you find once you go into the fuel distribution center, which is the synagogue, and you find you find a gas canister, but the fuel tank is empty. Then you go to the courthouse and, you know, there's fuel there. But I think the important, the important thing about the courthouse, besides, you know, obviously playing through killing the infected, is you find a document from the Fedra commander and he mentions religious fanatics. He is like, if the WLF want to take this place, let them, right? Let them deal with the food issues and all the you know all the issues that come with managing the population. But he also mentions dealing with religious fanatics, which is basically that's that's going to be another group in the game, and we're going to get to those a bit later. But it kind of foreshadows them, right? So you get the fuel, you go back to the gate, you get through the gate, and you get to the hotel, which you're expecting to find people at the hotel. The thing is, instead of finding WLF, I mean, you find WLF, but they're dead. And you find mostly infected walking around. They're actually feeding on the corpses of some freshly killed WLF members, which is important. So you make your way through the hotel. You find two more dead. Oh, also. WLF. Go ahead. Like, so before you get into the hotel, you see infected now can climb over walls. Like one of yeah, them hops I mean, the hops the wall and into the 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 hotel and then uh it, the Dina goes, Did you just see that infected jumped over the wall? 
Yeah, I don't, nothing really comes from that, though, right? I mean... Well, it just shows that, you that they can jump over walls now. Like, they can... You know, you used to yeah. be able to get away from them jumping over a fence, but now that's not uh, that's not a thing in this in this game. I think that's what they're right. trying to show you. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, even later in the game and the gameplay, that really doesn't it doesn't really come to anything. I, I don't think like they showed that, and I think that was just kind of just to say, "Hey, go over this wall. Like, go over this wall because this is where you need to be." Well, or or they wanted to let you know that there's infected in there. They didn't want you to just walk in there and not expect anything. I tried to shoot from like on top of a, you know, like a few different times on top of a brick and the infected can get up there now. Like I tried to just oh, shoot yeah. them like fish in a barrel. Like I did that a few times in the first, in the first game, like using terrain to where they just can't get to me and I could just kill them at my, Oh yeah, leisure. they'll climb up to you. Yeah. <laughs> but now they climb up. Right. So yeah, you get in there, like I said, you find some infected feeding on a WLF person. That's actually really easy to get rid of because since they're in one spot, I just mollied them. <laughs> you know, that was it. I, I did too. I think there's like one, there's like one or two. And the thing is like when you throw the molly because it makes noise, other infected walk right into it. And just get burnt too. It's hilarious. Get burnt too, yeah. So it's a win-win for the molly. But yeah, you find two more WLF members and Ellie recognizes one of them as one of Joel's killers. And, you know, then she realizes it must be Tommy. And actually what Tommy did was he used the same technique that Joel did to interrogate those two guys from David camp, David's camp in the first game. Yep. And Ellie explains it to Dina. Yeah. It's like, you better point on this map and then he better say the same exact spot or you're both dead. Uh, So, but he was going to, he killed him anyway. So Tommy, they're not far behind Tommy at this point. Right. Uh, So they are. They, they they actually, I don't know who did it. Maybe one of the, actually, actually I, I guess one of the guys that Tommy was killing wrote the gate code in his blood or something like that on the floor. And that's how you get the gate code for the next gate because it's written in blood yep. on, on the ground. So, And you, you know, don't even you, have to remember that. Dina remembers it. Yeah, Dina remembers it. And that's the thing about the gate codes, too. Like, you don't just pop them in normally. Like, what you would have to do is actually... um you actually have to look at the document or remember the the numbers on the document, and then you actually type them in yourself. You know what I started doing? I started start writing them down. Oh. No, I just I have tons of pictures on my phone. I just took a picture of the TV every time I read a document with <laughs> uh, combinations or anything on it because I was like, I'd always get in there to like put the code in and be like, dang it. I have to go back out. So I just like, uh, I just snapped a shot and then I just always had it right there and never had to go back into the actual game and look at it. That's your old man memory, Bob. I just remember their <laughs> codes. Like <laughs> it was six digits. Well, I mean, I didn't do it for all of them. If like the safe was right there or I'd found the safe prior, like, right. Then I would just remember, put it away, put it in the safe. But if I found a document that didn't know where the safe was, I wasn't going to just uh, commit that to like five minute memory. I just snapped a shot of it. Dude, I always, I always ran in the safes before I ran into their combinations. Always. Oh, I'll really? always find the safe first. Yeah. I, I don't think there was a single, I don't think there was a single safe that I found after finding the combination. I That's think every safe I found funny. had the combination. Yeah. Cause like, like I've like, I think I was more on the other side, always finding the codes before the safe. Uh, yeah, no, I would actually just, I would, the way I would go through areas, like I would touch every corner of the map of every room. And I would always find the safe ahead of time. And that's how I knew to look for a document that had the safe code. So, or quick sometimes, question sometimes here. this, Go ahead, yeah. Are you a left guy or a right guy? What do you mean? I mean, I I started to notice that I always start on the left side of the room when I'm going through when I'm going through a a room and and like I noticed that I rarely would go to the right. No, I don't think so. I think it's whatever the flow of the room was, depending on how I went in there. Yeah, see, I would like tend to go left it was something interesting i noticed about myself while playing through yeah like for me like it really didn't matter like i it's based on like just the flow of the room itself 
I know some of the some of the safe codes weren't in documents, right? Like, well, I know one safe code was a phone number. It was like the last six digits of a phone number on a bathroom wall, or you know? <laughs> two apartment numbers together, and then yeah. like there was one that was like an anniversary, and you had to look at a calendar on the wall, and subtract 30 years like i mean they were they they got really neat the funny thing about that was especially the anniversary one was that they don't tell you that the safe combination is the anniversary they they the safe is there and then you look at the calendar and the calendar has three dates it has the first day of infection it has the day of evacuation and then it has their anniversary and yep. you kind of have to put one and one together and figure out that the safe combination is their anniversary. You, ha- you also have to find a second document that says they got married 30 years ago. Uh-huh. Yep. And then you have and to that's subtract how you get the 30. Combination. And then one of them, I overthought too much. Like, because we were in Seattle. Yeah. And I just saw something we can't talk about later in the game, but it made me think of the Seattle Seahawks. And they uh. said, our big day in this other one, but it was a different day. You find that on a, on another calendar. But yeah. so I looked up when the Seahawks last won, won the, the Super Bowl. Bowl and I was trying that. And I was like, well, yeah. it was 2013. So maybe like, like, yeah, that, like that, that happened. That <laughs> Cause like the outbreak happened in what? Either 2013. 2014. 2014. Uh, yeah. So I was like, well, that could definitely be it. And we're in Seattle. Did the outbreak happen in 2014? I thought it happened. I think think the outbreak happened in 2014. Yeah, Yeah, the game came out in 2013. So I thought maybe that could be it. But yeah, I I overthought that one. Yeah, you definitely overthought that one. But yeah, I think the the anniversary one was the hardest one because I think for us, it was easy. You you kind of put that together. But like somebody who's younger, like would they put together that that the anniversary of your wedding is your safe combination? Yeah, and would they put together that you sub- you subtract thirty from the thirty year? Yeah, so it's uh, eighty three instead of twenty thirteen. Yes, exactly. So, like, yeah, so yeah, that one was uh, that one was interesting. But you do make it through the gate, and when you make it through the gate, like you know, you're riding around and you're talking about Tommy, but you trigger a trap and right before you trigger the trap, I think Dina sees it because she says, oh my God. And then the trap triggers and it blows you off the horse uh, and it like Ellie's on the ground. Dina falls into like a ditch and they like, it's the WLF and they send some people to go after Dina, but you don't see them get her. And they shoot and your horse. They shoot, they shoot Shimmer. Shimmer is dead. Uh, Shimmer wasn't going to have a good life. He wasn't going to have a good life after that explosion anyway. So uh, uh, they shoot Shimmer. And Ellie goes to try. She tries to reach for a weapon, but, you know, she just gets knocked out and captured. And shortly after that, you wake up and you're being interrogated by Jordan. Didn't think I'd ever see you again. <laughs> How'd you find us? I asked about a dude with a bitch scar across his face. Mm. It's funny. How many came with you? Hmm? Just you two? You can't stop this. Jordan! You're supposed to be out looking for the other one. What the fuck is this? You know, the smuggler that we killed out in Jackson? Yeah. This girl was there. What? They're coming after us. That's why Nick was fucked up like that. We gotta get her to Isaac, we gotta tell him exactly what's going on. Yeah, well, I just got off the radio with Isaac. And we got a new mandate. Kill all trespassers. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. That doesn't make any sense. Direct order, man. No, let's talk to her. Let's figure out what she I, knows. I don't give a fuck what she knows. You saw what she did to the others? You have no idea how many people she might be with. This might be an ambush, I don't care Mike. how many people she's with. We will find them and we'll kill them. Can you just think for yourself for a quick Jordan, second right now? Get the fuck out of my way. I... Nina! 
So Jordan is one of Ellie's killers. Not Ellie, sorry, one of Joel's killers. You get like Ellie recognizes him uh, because he has that scar on his face. She's the one who gave him that scar when she slashed him when she came in the door. But, you know, Jordan, he's kind of playing cool a little bit, but I know he's worried because he's like, yo, like how many people are with you? You know, there was another guy there, actually, the guy who shot Shimmer. The guy who shot Shimmer, he um, says, you know, actually he comes in and asks Jordan what he's doing because he sent Jordan to go look after Dina. So Dina never got caught. They established that Dina is still out there. And then he says that Isaac has a mandate to kill all trespassers. Oh, and we didn't, we didn't mention Isaac. Isaac is through a lot of those documents men- early on. I mentioned Isaac already. Oh, okay. I said that he's the leader of the WLF, yeah. Yeah, they talked uh, about so- how he took over and he was really good for the role and blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so they're arguing and, you know, Jordan doesn't want to kill Ellie because Jordan wants to interrogate her and find out how many people are there, how many people are, are, are coming. Uh, but what happens is like, you know, right before the other guy, they never say his name, right before he goes to shoot Ellie, Dina is actually above them in the skylight and she shoots him and kills him. But then uh, Jordan shoots the glass from underneath her and she falls through. And uh, with all the broken glass on the ground, Ellie is able to grab a shard of glass and free herself. And then she's because Jordan goes to kill Dina and then she's actually able to kill Jordan. Were you worried so, about Dita constantly? Like this was the first time I was like, "All right, this is where this is where Dita dies." And I had so many of those parts throughout the game. Uh, no, I wasn't too worried about Dina. I think Dina. I I I, I just I, I figured that Ellie was going to get loose and then uh, save Dina. But once you kill Jordan, uh, you pull something out of his pocket. It's a letter and a picture of someone. And like, so we'll get to that a little later, but you can't even really talk too much about it because, uh, you know, you start getting attacked by the WLF. They heard the noise. They heard the gunshots and stuff like that. So this is actually your first time encountering human fights in this game. And, you know, you, you, you still have to, like, there's areas of tall grass and you can use it to, uh, to hide or at least to get away. Like you could kill somebody, right? And then kind of crouch into the tall grass. And as long as you're out of their line of sight, like it's hard enough for them to see you, you kind of reset back into stealth a little bit. Yeah. They're Um, still on higher alert, but right. It changes their trajectory and like their pathing. Yeah. Like if you're playing metal gear, think about the caution. Like there's like, you know, the green, which are okay. There's caution and there's red where the red knows where they know where you are and they're shooting at you. And the caution is like they're looking for you. So it, it's kind of like that. Uh, but the one thing I did really like about what they did to the human AI is that they, they, they notice things, right? Like they notice if one of their allies is missing. Like they'll go to like say the, the name, like, hey, Alex, Alex, Alex. Like, and if Alex doesn't respond, they go looking for Alex. Or if you kill someone while they're in the middle of saying something, They'll they'll respond like the enemies will respond immediately. Like so, let's say you have two people walking together, one's behind the other, and they're talking, and you shoot the person that is behind the one person, and the, the person you shot was talking. The other person will turn around and say like, "Why aren't they t-? like like to kind of see like what happened? Why aren't they talking anymore?" And realize that they're dead. So yeah, I, I like that. Also. If the enemy's like, let's say you're in cover, because you can since you can prone, you can crawl under under things in this game. And if you make like a noise or something like that, while you're in cover, the enemies will come and just pull you out of the cover. And like they'll like grab you by like your leg or something and pull you out. They oftentimes check underneath stuff too. Yeah, they do. Like they'll actually uh they'll they'll like like Bob said, they'll check underneath and then if they see you, if you surprise them. Uh, they will pull you out, which is actually pretty cool too. Uh, but yeah, so this is your, like I said, this is your first time fighting humans. And one thing you do see that foreshadows uh, something a little bit later is that as you're leaving the school, because that's where you are, you're in elementary school. And as you're leaving the school, you see them go into the school buildings from the front with dogs. So the WLF ha- has dogs, and that's something that comes into play a little bit later. Yeah, that but, uh, was scary. I was like, oh, no. 
<laughs> yeah, but once you find the once you once you're out of the school, you finally get a chance to take a look at the the document or the the letter that she found. And it's a letter from Leah, who apparently Jordan and Leah were in a relationship. Leah is another person that was there when Joel died. And she Leah wrote a letter to Jordan saying she's been stationed at the TV station. Uh, so that's where you're headed. That's where you need to go. Because you can see where the TV station is on the horizon. And so you start heading in that direction. And now you're just kind of making your way through the town. And the thing I liked about this area is that it's just designed very well. Right. There's a lot of buildings that you can go into that are designed differently. They're not just copy paste. Um, there's a lot of supplies you get, but the way the city is set up, I'm pretty sure they just took an actual area of Seattle and mapped it out in the game. It's not as open as the other game, but basically oh not the open another open area. But they're pushing you in one single direction. But it doesn't feel like they're pushing you in one single direction. You're just naturally guided that way that's yeah. what it feels like so and in each area you can you can just keep going that direction or you can check all the buildings on the way and see if you can get in and get supplies and stuff and i did all of that like i checked every oh, yeah. inch of every area yeah and i think and it actually sometimes if you go into an area it will trigger enemy spawning near you, like a truck will pull up or something like that, and then you'll have to deal with that. So it's actually risk reward. You know, you like you can go to a building that has nobody in it, and then when you're trying to come out of it, now there's people there. You know, so you have to yeah. kind of weigh whether you want to go through. I'm like, it's a game. If you go, if, if you're here to play it, just go in there and deal with the people uh, well, when you come out. But this was good. Go and they don't like. I love that they don't because stealth games always freak me out. Because I don't want to have to start over. Like they do a really good job of starting you right where you died. I mean, if you oh, sure. all already killed a few inf- infected or a few people, like you start pretty close to where you died, and those people are already dead, and you're in the same spot. So I don't feel the stress that I feel in lots of stealth games, like especially Metal Gear Solid, where if I screw up once, like all of a sudden I'm have to do this whole part over. You know. So it makes me a lot a lot less anxiety than lots of stealth games give me. Yeah, well that's the thing. Like the checkpoints are very, very forgiving. That was one thing I did. Even though even in the 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 remake, not the remake, but the HD remaster, I think the check uh the, the checkpoints were a bit more forgiving than the regular game. Oh oh really? See, I only played that one. But that's what I've always liked about these games is that I don't have to have that anxiety of getting caught. If I get caught, cool. I'll just try over again and try something else. Right, yeah. So, yeah, like I really like this area. Like I said, it, it felt like a natural area, but they were definitely pushing you toward one direction, and you do have to fight your way through a bunch of WLF. But like I said, it's not like copy and paste buildings. Like every building is kind of different right and it also gives you a way like you can approach situations in different ways right so the last the very last area right before you leave you can just go with a like a a straight up cover fight if you want to right there's buildings on the left there's buildings on the right and the people that you're trying to fight like they're at a gate and they're in a two-story building so you can just do a straight up gunfight there if you want to or like what I did, one the building on the left had roof access, so I would, uh, I would, I, what what I was doing was like I would go to the top of that building, and I would throw things in different places and make the group spread out, make the enemy group spread out, and I would pick them off one at a time as opposed to having a full blown gunfight with them. Yeah, I was very stealthy throughout most of this area. Yeah. Not to mention, like, if you do like trigger somebody or you startle someone, uh, you you actually have to end up shooting somebody or killing somebody. There are so many places for you to run and hide because it's just like in real, like you know, they can only see so much at one time. So you can run into a building, run through the other side, go to the roof, and from the roof because it's on a hill, you might be able to jump onto another roof in another building or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like, I like being able to reset, and then they're like, oh, I lost her. Yeah. 
So one the conversation that Dina and Ellie have during this 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 walk through this area is Dina starts asking again, why did the WLF leave Ellie and Tommy alive? And Ellie doesn't really care. She's like, is there a mistake? They made a mistake. That's why they left us alive. <laughs> you know, and unfortunately, I really do think, well, I thought at the time that this was going to lead to something bigger. But because it doesn't, I'm just going to talk about it now. Like, this doesn't, there's, they don't give a good reason why they left them alive. They just don't. And we'll get into that later in the game. But I thought that was disappointing that that really, did, that, that plot point, there's no real plot point there, you know? Well, well, yeah, we'll get into it later, but I think they, they, it is intuited. Is that the right word? They implied, uh, they implied certain things, but we'll talk about that later. Cause that, yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get, so we'll get to that later. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that plot point led anywhere. Uh, but you do find additional documents in the area that talked about, you know, uh, the WLF a bit more and what happened after they took over in the city. And you find way more documents like this during Ellie's gameplay about the WLF and how they handle the civilians and how some of the civilians, like we got rid of the Fedra just to deal with the WLF and they're doing the same thing. So you're trying, they're trying to kind of give you a better idea of the type of organization that WLF are. And it's like, well, they're not Fedra but then they're also not the fireflies and they're also not the hunters. It's kind of like a, a mesh of, of both Fedra and the fireflies. Cause they about the fireflies, right? The fireflies will help liberate a city, but then they want the people of that city or at least some of them to become fireflies and help liberate other cities. Right. That's that was the, the fireflies goal was to liberate all of the cities from Fedra. Whereas the WLF, uh, you know, they just wanted to liberate their city. And the, the, the hunters, they, the fireflies actually helped the hunters liberate their city. And then the hunters turned on the fireflies. They ended up killing the fireflies as well. I was, I was kind of fucked up because they could have just let the fireflies go. But go ahead. Um, something we didn't mention is earlier on, I think at the hotel, you see WLF and then you see a picture of a wolf. And so sometimes throughout the game, they call them wolves. Yeah, right? they call them they call them wolves instead of the WLF. Well, that's the thing. as soon as I saw W. Well, first of all, when you see the patch while they're killing Joel, it has a wolf on it. So I had already made the association, but it's see, WLF. I missed like, that. Yeah, I I yeah. I like missed that part. That didn't surprise me, but I think that has more to do with the writing, right? Like they wanted you to to definitely associate it because in some of the documents. They don't say WLF, they say wolves, you know? Yep. Uh, so I had already associated that, but good point. Good point. So, yeah, once you, you know, once you get through that area, like the area we just talked about, you move into the next area and now you start encountering traps, which this isn't like the first game where you'll encounter traps in different places. Like you only encounter traps in this one area. Yeah, it was weird, right? Yeah. And it was a bit more frustrating because, like, the traps, you can clearly see them when they're in low grass, but when they're in high grass, oh, my God, that was so <laughs> fucking frustrating. I was like, dude, you got to be kidding me. But the, and, I think the more important, go ahead. Well, then, and Dina also makes some kind of comment, like, she'll be able to make these or something. So you think that you're going to be able to use them to set traps later, you know? Yeah, and that, nothing ever comes out of that. So the more important part, of this area is you start seeing these murals that say feel her love and it's a mural of a woman uh and this is where you start getting into that the, the religious fanatic part of things like you start to see um at least proof of their existence and i think that's why they have the traps set here versus other places in the city because the other places in the city they kind of have secured but in these this area it's kind of you know out of bounds so to dissuade you know the infected, yes, but also the the, uh, the these religious fanatics, they put the traps down and things like that. So do we, this do, is actually do, do we know the name of the religious fanatics at this point? We don't do we? not yet. We've not seen yet. little murals like "Believe in Her" or something like that. We've seen a few yeah. things, but we don't. We still don't know their name. Exactly. 
So, but yeah, I mean, right after this part with the traps is where the TV station is. But you get there and they, they said that they were there. Like the WF was sending people there to get supplies. But when you get to the TV station, it's really quiet, like dead quiet. And that's where we're going to leave this episode off. We're going to pick up part two of Seattle day one in the next episode, which is coming out this week. So the way we're going to do this is we're generally going to do this day by day, right? So each week we're going to go through a day. If the day is long, like Seattle day one is long in that open world area, that open world area. I think I spent two hours there alone at least. I might even spent more. I'm not even sure. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to tell. But day one was long, so we're actually going to split day one into two parts. We're probably going to have the episode out Wednesday or Thursday of this week, and then we're gonna we're gonna after you know when we pick it up, we're gonna pick up at the TV station and go from there throughout the rest of day one. But we're gonna end it here for now because we're trying to keep the shows within an hour or so, uh, if possible, or, or at least close to it. Uh, we know some people really like the long episodes, but a lot of people like you know. <laughs> Not so much. They 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 wanted a bit more bite sized. So, um, yeah. So what I mean, like, what did you think about you know day one so far? So far at this point in the game, I'm still just driven by anger and just I had to force myself to look at everything, to read everything because I just want to get to Abby and kill her like really bad. But I don't want to go without the proper supplies and at the we're playing at the second to hardest difficulty level not the hardest but like one click up right? right and so it's it's definitely it's definitely challenging for me especially early on where like my guns aren't upgraded like it's harder to aim um so i was kind of struggling and dying a lot through this through this part so it, Probably took me longer than my actual playtime says because I died a lot. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like the one of the main reasons why I just made sure I stayed as stealth as possible was because my guns were not upgraded, and you have the weapon sway and things like that. Your guns just aren't that reliable right now. Uh, so I mean, right now there's just so many questions that need to be answered. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> that's that's where we are in the game. They're not they're not really answering any questions. They're just proposing more so we're still very much in the in the beginning of the game and i think you do get some answers or at least you get some pretty good progression by the time you get to end of day one you know and i'm looking forward to that so like i said we're gonna cover that in the next episode which is gonna be out later did this we week. did we mention that the picture of the girl that you're going after at the radio station she had left him a note that said hope like i miss you a lot hopefully this holds you off and if you look at the picture it's her showing one of her boobs oh i didn't even look at the picture <laughs> yeah it's it's her showing one of her boobs um it's, oh, no. and it's and it's like smudged with with like with like blood but you could tell she's just lifted up one That's side of her shirt did. okay <laughs> so yeah. she was giving him a little something to you know hold him over until they can be together once again Right. But they won't ever because he did. Yeah, he is very dead. And rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Bob, why don't you give them uh, where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. And you can find me on Twitter at Jostradamus. And you can follow the MASH Network if you're interested in uh, you know keeping up with this show or even our other shows. Uh, you can follow us on twitter.com slash the mash network. And we also love to have you join our discord community, which is mash.gg slash discord. We do have the last of us channels in there to discuss the game. We even have a spoilers channel uh, to discuss the game. So come in and talk, you know, about, you know, what you think about the game so far or, uh, you know, what you thought about this episode. Like, if you have any thoughts on any of the things that we said, just come and drop by. Uh, you know, we love to hear your comments and questions, so you can drop by on the Discord, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, or you can actually email us if you want to at contact at mash.gg. If you enjoy the show and you want to share, uh, you, want, you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others, and also to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a, pat- uh, a patron on patreon.com slash mash those buttons. 
and you can help support Matchless Buttons for as little as $1 a month. You can gain early access to content as well as exclusive content, especially if you want to see content like this, like these limited series. Uh, they're limited series, obviously, because we don't constantly do them. So if you if you like this content, you know, the Patreon is a great way to help uh, with them because, funny enough, they're actually a little bit more expensive to produce than our normal content. Uh, so, yeah, we, we appreciate the help. Also, there's a Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash stores slash mash those buttons. And you can also drop us a Twitch subscription if you want to, like if you have a, a Prime sub available or something like that. And that's at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can also follow us on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons if you want to know when we go live. Uh, we have a couple streams that we do every week. And uh, yeah, I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mash those buttons. So with that, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you in a few days. Bye. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord. 